Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Wonderful, wonderful. Great to see you. Why don't you thank our band this morning for doing a fabulous job. Oh, that was really enthusiastic, guys. Come on, let's thank them. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Lead us into the presence of God so wonderfully. Well, good morning. How are we all today? Good. It's really great to see you. How are we going? Going well? Good. Good. Who enjoyed the beautiful, beautiful rain yesterday? was wonderful. I was only saying, Paul and I were only talking on Friday and going, well, it hasn't rained for a while. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> we had so much. And then yesterday, beautiful. So, good to see some faces that I haven't seen this year. Sounds weird, doesn't it? But I haven't seen some of you this year. So, it's good to see you here in church and wonderful to have you online with us if you are with us online. So we are finishing our series on 1 John and uh, uh, we're looking at the last chapter, funnily enough, on the last day. We're looking at the last chapter, chapter 5, and several great themes that we could look at, but we're going to be focusing on two today. The first one is we are overcomers and the second one is how to pray confidently. There you go. They are the two things we're going to look at today. So this whole series is based on this idea that if we are followers of Christ, if Jesus is in our heart, that people will know. How will they know? They will know by the way that we live. They will know by the way that we treat others. They will know by the way that we follow God's instructions to us. We'll do what he says. 1 John 5 verse 3 says this, true love for God means obeying his commandments and his commandments don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. True love for God means doing what he says and it's not a burden. So John is talking about the tug of war that we go through. Has anyone had a tug of war with God? You know the, oh really? Really? You really want me to do that? You really want me to stop doing that? It's like a tug of war at times, isn't it? Yes, it is. Who will win? John says, you know, loving God means that we will choose to do what he says. He has said to me, okay, I want you to give up that. I don't really want to. I remember when we were first married and, and um, Paul, we'd just met a friend of Paul's, I didn't, a, a couple who were very uh, important to Paul uh, and I had never met them. We got together with them, had a meal. Anyway, a bit further down the track, Paul said to me, honey, I think we need to give some money to these people and we didn't have much money and, but we, you know, we prayed about it and he was right. He's always right. Actually, he's not always right. 
99.9% of the time he's right. Anyway, but I didn't want to do it. But it was a God thing and we did it. And that's a good thing. And look, from then we've given away, whoa, way more money than that. And it's a good thing. Not saying something. When the Holy Spirit says, hold your tongue. Oh, but I really want to. Hold your tongue. Forgiving someone. Now that's a hard one. It's a hard one. True love for God means obeying his commandments. So we have looked at several themes over the last few weeks and I don't want to go over them again. But, but John, in this book, wants the church to understand the message of victory. The, vi- the message of victory that Christians have because of what Jesus did. We are not weak and impotent, intimidated and afraid. You are not weak or impotent, intimidated or afraid. You are not tossed by every storm that comes your way. We do live in a battle zone, but we overcome. So my first point this morning is we overcome. 1 John 4 verse 4 says, You are from God, little children. And have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the context of this specific verse is the heresy that was surrounding the church at the time this book was written. John was warning the church about the spirit of Antichrist and Paul, my Paul, spoke brilliantly about that in week two. And so have a listen if you weren't here. But the reality for each one of us is that we will come up against intimidating spirits simply because we follow Christ, simply because we believe the Word of God and we have different opinions on some things than some of the people we mix with. We will come up against that because I don't know if you've noticed, but in the world today, truth is ever-changing. Truth, truth just depends on who you are and what you think. That's not true, but that's what people say. That intimidating spirit that is the antichrist spirit, it is against Christ, is not greater than Christ in you. We can be confident, and confidence is another theme of 1 John. We can be confident against this intimidating spirit to state clearly and calmly what we believe. You don't have to fight. I would, I would suggest you don't. You don't have to argue. You can just say, well, I believe this. Confidently. I remember having a discussion with my hairdresser about my thoughts about marriage. And there were, I, I felt intimidated to actually just say what I believe, but I did. And I'm glad I did, nicely, and we're still good mates. In 1 John 5, John speaks even more broadly about overcoming. 1 John 5, 4 to 5 says, For whoever 
has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So once we accept God's gift of salvation, we are born of God. And when we are born of God, we become overcomers. You are an overcomer. That thing (laughs) that is standing in front of you and mocking you and saying you will never make it through, it's not going to work out this time, you are an overcomer over that spirit. That thing that wants to keep you awake at night and comes at you from all different angles, you are an overcomer over that spirit. Why are we overcomers? What is it that gives us this victory? Well, the Bible says clearly it's our faith. It's our belief in God. It's our trust in Him. Our faith in Christ gives us victory to live this life. Our faith in Christ doesn't just get us into heaven. It gives us the victory to live here on earth. And this faith, it's the same faith that we see mentioned all through the New Testament where people were healed, where demons fled. It's the same faith where thousands were fed. Where Abraham in Romans 4 talks about believing to receive his son Isaac. It took a long time, but it, is, it came because he believed. It's the same faith that gives us victory. Our faith in the God who conquered death gives us victory. But John gets even more specific in verse 18 and 19. And he says this, we know with confidence that anyone born of God does not habitually sin. But he, Jesus, who was born of God, carefully keeps and protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know for a fact that we are of God and the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one opposing God and his precepts. So we live in a world that opposes God and his precepts. But John, in these verses, talks about the difference from be, of being born of God and being under the power, he says, of the evil one. That's the reality of the unseen world that we understand is as real as the world that we see with our natural eyes. We understand that, don't we? Some of us do. John says that because we are born of God, we are protected from the evil one and he cannot touch us. You know, Jesus talks about this same thing in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and he says, don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. So there is a battle. You're in a battle. Every day you're you're actually in a battle. But it is a battle that we have victory over Even though we do have the victory, we must actively participate in the fight. Ephesians 6, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour 
so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against every ruler and authority of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That is what the Word of God tells us is going on in the unseen world around us. That's the battle. Now, I would prefer to talk about you than me any day of the week. I don't like talking about myself. I would much prefer what's going on for you. But some of you have heard part of, some of you have heard me talk about this. So I apologize, but some of you haven't. (laughs) See, my testimony is, you know, when I was born, almost died, very dramatic. When I gave birth to every one of my children, I almost died, very dramatic. In my very young years... I remember being very young, lying in bed, looking over at the wall and seeing a demon just there. That was not unusual for me. I lived my life with a spirit of intimidation every single day. And it changed the way I lived, it changed the way I acted, it changed the way I spoke, it changed everything about me. So this stuff to me is not just words. It's the reality that I lived through and that I came out the other end and I know it's true. And there were strongholds that I needed to deal with. A stronghold is anything... (laughs) that is in our mind, that takes us to a certain place that is anti-God. And I had strongholds in my mind that I needed to deal with because I, was, I had this intimidating spirit against me for a very, very long time. And the reason I'm talking about that here today is because 1 John 5 verse 16, which I read out a little while ago, which was the most powerful verse for me, in those early days, where it says, I'm going to read it, it says that God carefully keeps and protects his and the evil one does not touch them. And that verse was actually the verse that got me through and pulled me out and got rid of the intimidating strongholds that I was fighting against because God is stronger than any devil. It's the power of the Word of God. And I was fighting without the tools and with too many footholds, which is what you talk about. That's in Ephesians. I remember a pastor saying to me, Mel, the devil has tried to totally destroy you, but he will not win. I'm saying this to hopefully help some people today. That is the only reason I'm saying it. I'm not trying to glorify the devil at all. If we are in Christ, we have power over any spirit. 
And the Spirit of God is greater than any other spirit. And I know what it's like to live free and I know what it's like to live bound. And John wants to remind us in 1 John verse 5 that we are victorious and we are overcomers. So, maybe you need to stand up against the Antichrist spirit when you're having conversations with people in your world. Maybe that is your battle. Maybe you have strongholds that need to be cast down. Maybe you don't live your life knowing that you are an overcomer. I want to encourage you today, if any of those things are your experience today, it can it can change. Whatever's going on for you can change because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what the Bible says. So that is we are, an over, we are overcomers. The second one is how to pray with confidence. I really love that confidence is part of the message of 1 John. John talks about being confident in God's love. He talks about being confident of our salvation and he talks about how to pray confidently. So 1 John 5 says this, I've written this letter to you all who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before him for if we ask anything agreeable to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have, we have obtained the requests we ask of him. Yes. John doesn't want any, any of us to have any doubt about our salvation. So if we have the Son, we have eternal life. Please don't live worried and anxious about that. You can cross that off your anxious list. That's gone. You have the Son, you have salvation, you, you have eternal life. And because of it, we can come boldly to him. The first part of confident prayer is, is understanding that because we are in Christ, we have every right. In fact, he wants us to come boldly to him, into his presence, to come boldly into his presence, to, to run in it, to, to enter boldly, to come right up to him and talk to him. I have someone in my extended family who whenever, hardly ever rings me, I have to ring them. And when they do, they, oh, I'm, I know you're so busy. And I go, no, I'm not. I'm not too busy to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Don't, oh, God, I know you've got so much on running the world. No, he wants us to come boldly to him, boldly. The second part of confidence prayer is the next part of that scripture. If we ask anything agreeable to his will, he will hear us. I think sometimes people read this like this. If we ask anything, he will hear us and we will have what we ask. It doesn't say that. It says, if we ask for anything agreeable to his will, he will hear us and we will have what we ask. Some people say, if you have enough faith, you can pray and believe and have anything you pray for. These people em emphasize the power of belief as the most important part of confident prayer. And I'll tell you what, Faith is an important part of confident prayer. It's not the most important part, though. I mean, I absolutely, 100% believe in the power of faith in seeing things change in our lives. 
And I do not want to discourage anyone from praying in faith because it's so important. And I have seen people healed and we have seen people healed in this church. I was talking to someone in our church just two weeks ago and she prayed for her granddaughter who had all this rash all over her and it just totally disappeared as she was praying. Just totally disappeared. It's, amazing. it's beautiful. I believe in the power of prayer and faith. But I also believe that there are some prayers that we pray that are just not right. Or good for us. And God in his grace doesn't answer them. Thank you, God. We were with some people a while ago, Paul and I, and we were chatting. And they were telling us about a family member of theirs who got up every day and just declared this thing. As if it was some magic pill that was going to change something. And it was totally not God. And it didn't change anything. Right. So, am I saying that we can't come to God with our requests? Not at all. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. We should come to God with our requests. The Word of God gives us guidance on so many things that we can confidently pray for or not pray for. Healing. You can confidently pray for healing because the Bible tells us. You can confidently pray to not be anxious because the Bible tells us you can confidently pray that God will meet all your needs because the Bible tells us you can confidently pray that God will deliver you from evil because the Bible tells us there are promises that I have in God's Word, that you have in God's Word, that you can stand on and you can confidently pray them. He hears you. But if the Word of God does not, it doesn't tell us every specific thing that we wonder about, does it? In fact, you know, there are some things God doesn't mind. Just make a decision. Just choose black or white. I don't know. Red or green. Take the red. Look, I don't know. There are some things he just says, I've given you a brain. Make a decision. But there are other things. Paul and I thought we were going to New York to plant a church, to help plant a church. At times we've thought we're going to buy a business. But in those times, <laughs> it's wise for you to ask God how you should pray in this situation. How should I pray? Because when we actually started praying about going to New York, he said, well, actually, you're not going. You're giving some money to someone so that they can go. Oh, Right. And if we still don't know how to pray, there's this awesome verse in Romans 8 and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And that's talking about praying in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, you can pray in tongues. We would love to pray for you so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues. But when we're praying in tongues, we are praying in harmony with God's will. So much of my prayer time is spent praying in tongues. Just praying in tongues over an, an issue. And I know, I'm I know that I'm praying over an issue. And I'm praying God's will. And I'm confident and I'm declaring God's will in a situation just by 
praying in tongues. And when we are praying in line with his will, we know he hears us and we will have what we ask. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.